The secret of change is to focus your energy not on fighting the old, but on building the new. And that's exactly what we're going to do, starting right now. Welcome to the Bite Size Habits Podcast. I'm Dr. Heather McKee. I'm a weight loss and behavior change psychology specialist and founder of drheathermckee.co.uk. This podcast is all about serving up bite-sized, digestible, evidence-based guidance from top health and behavior change experts and some inspirational real-life stories to help you get the mindset for success and stay there. Life coach, personal trainer, meditation teacher, and positive mental health advocate, Ben, gives us a lesson in the importance of cultivating positive mental health habits. Ben, aka The Naked Professor, is a champion of the need for us all, in particular men, to become more in touch with ourselves, care less about what others think of us, and be proud of our vulnerabilities. In this episode, Ben teaches us how he got out of his head and stepped into his true self and the roadblocks he experienced along the way. In this episode, you will learn the importance of routine, how honesty is the cornerstone to building healthy habits, how to become more aware of the power of our thoughts. Key questions to ask yourself based on this episode include, how can you be more honest with yourself? How can you learn to check in with yourself and notice how what you're feeling can be guiding your actions? What limiting beliefs do you hold? And what can you do to overcome these? The power of allowing ourselves to be vulnerable is so often overlooked. I love what Ben represents in terms of empowering people, in particular men, to embrace their vulnerability, overcome these limiting beliefs, and ultimately feel free to be themselves. I hope you enjoy this episode on the importance of embracing our vulnerability with the Naked Professor, Ben. Hi, Ben. Welcome to the Bite Size Habit podcast. How are you? Hi, Heather. Thank you very much for having me. I'm very good, thank you. Oh, well, it's great to have you on, and I'm absolutely sure a lot of people can learn a lot from your journey. Um, and I suppose for, for those listening, I suppose we'll, we'll just start at the very beginning, really, in terms of like how did your journey start and what kind of inspired you to, to make these changes? Um, we're straight into a deep question there. Um, <laughs> no um, messing around with me. <laughs> no um, do you know what? It's, it's I've, I've, without waffling, uh, Tony Robbins always talks about how change only happens when the, the pain of staying the same outweighs the pain of change. Um, and, and that's exactly what happened for me. And, um, at the age of 30, I was sort of life circumstances were um, challenging. Um, and there was something in my life that I decided I didn't want anymore. And the way the universe works without getting too spiritual is that I think when you're when you open your eyes or you open your heart to something things show up and I wanted to change um I had this this issue around sex and I, I wasn't able to reach sort of sexual satisfaction I guess is one way of explaining it I didn't I struggled to reach orgasm during sex and and um at the age of 30 that had been a problem in past relationships and you know I, I wanted to have family and I wanted to have kids and I didn't want any barriers in my way and um I decided at kind of that point, I opened my heart to write, let's let's look at ways to remove this. Um, I didn't really know how, but by chance, a life coach came into my life. I started working with my flatmate who was struggling with a rugby injury and he was often late and I would chat with her. And after a while, I was kind of like, well, you're helping him with an injury. Can you help me with this? Um, and through the kind of left field the left field taboo subject that, that that it was at her and we started talking and I was like that's really interesting and pretty soon we started working together um and 
you know, if she'd come into my life a year earlier or two years earlier, I don't think I would have, I thought she would have, was a bit wacky and I didn't want to work with her. But the time was right in my life that I wanted to change. You know, the pain was, was, was enough at that point that I was going to do something about it. And um, she came into my life at the right time and we started working on my mindset. Um, and I went from being very, very close-minded and very sort of factual about my life, that these are kind of rules that I live by almost, one of which was that it was very hard for me to orgasm. And um, and she looked at sort of replacing those limiting beliefs as I led them to, or led to understand them as. And um, yeah, she looked at rewiring my mindset and opening it up and getting my mind on board rather than, you know, causing me problems, if you like. Mm. And so that's really interesting. So she worked directly on your limiting beliefs in terms of, you know, those were kind of the key barriers that were were stopping you um, from actually kind of getting on and, and with your life and kind of reaching your other goals in life. Um, can, you, can you talk a little bit more about kind of how you then learn to overcome these? Totally, yeah. Um, I mean... <sighs> We didn't really have my goal when I started working with her was to was to solve this mm. whole situation around sex. I didn't as far as I was concerned, I didn't have any any mental issues. I didn't have anything wrong with my mindset. I thought I was just kind of fine. Um, and I was how I was. Um, but it was only in working with her that I learned that actually how powerful my mind was and the way mm. you think and um, and the way I was thinking wasn't helping me in a lot of areas. So she just worked with me to sort of reframe how I understood how I lived and how I um, experienced the world. And, uh, you know, I, this is all a game to me. You know, this is a psychology game. Um, mm. and, and there's ways that you can think that serve you well and there's ways that can, you can think that serve you badly. Mm. And it just amazes me that so many of us don't have, or not so many of us, that there isn't this education given to us um, at a young age that allows us a bit more understanding about it because it really is a case of as you understand it, we're all capable of changing the way our mind works. You know, our, our, our mind can be trained just like our bodies can and everyone's going to the gym to get fitter, but not everyone's working with a coach to get their mind on side. Mm, so you um, feel that it's kind of like that mental side of things, like, you know, is really, is really neglected. Totally. Yeah, it's getting better. It's getting way better. I feel sort of mindset or mental health, um, mm. as it's kind of being bracketed now, is perhaps where the fitness industry was 20 or 30 years ago. You know, it's kind of breaking through now. And mm. I believe in years to come. I mean, it's in America, in parts of America, this is how it is. Everyone has a coach, you know, um, a mindset coach. They want to get the best out of themselves. And mm. It's not like that over here, but I think it's, it's starting to come through. And I hope in years to come, it will be natural for us to all work with a coach who will help us, or not all, but lots of us will work with a coach who helps us better ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And how did you feel, actually? Because, you know, like you say, and especially I know amongst men, there's a lot of stigma in terms of these health-seeking behaviours and looking for help and seeking help. And how did you deal with that? Or did you face any stigma from others um, originally? When I started working with a coach I didn't really tell anyone mm. um, I felt better because my flatmate who I respected a lot was was doing the same thing mm. um, and albeit he was trying to get over an injury and and um, anyway but when I first started working with with the coach I, yeah, I did I didn't I was didn't even tell my parents and I remember when I did tell my mum eventually um, she was scared that I was joining a cult and becoming weird <laughs> um, seriously she yeah. really did and um, and yeah, so there is this perception, you're totally right, that 
particularly around men, that if you if you are working with a coach, it's like, what's wrong with you? Rather than, well done you for trying to better yourself. Mm. And mm. that's wrong, if you ask me, particularly with men. It's, it's, a, it's, and it's a huge point that I, I really try and, um, well, it's a big part of my, my message these days. Is, it's, there's, there's no shame in, in working with someone to better yourself. Actually, it's brave and courageous. Mm. Uh, confronting that none of us are perfect. Um, and I'd say that across the board. So why not work with someone to try and improve your imperfections? Mm, mm. Uh, and I think initially, people the, the stigma, you're totally right, was what the hell. And then over time, I think people started to see progress in me. And it became easier to say, well, yeah, my, you know, my, my coach taught, taught me actually that this was a better way. And they'd be like, oh, that's interesting. Okay, mm. start to see some of the positives. And now, you know, my mum is fully on board with, with this stuff. It's not necessarily for her. She's older, but she, she loves the fact that I've been on this journey and, and she sees the improvements in me and she gets it. Yeah, and I've met your mom and she's so incredibly supportive. Uh-huh. And yeah, the relationship that you guys have is really quite special, actually. Uh-huh. That's very cool. Well, I mean, this is another thing. My, our relationship got miles better because I became a better person. Mm. You know, that, that that's one of the major benefits in working on your mindset and, and it, it directly improves the relationships you have. And my my and my mum has gotten miles better. Mm, mm. Not that it's ever bad. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, she no longer thinks you're part of a cult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good start. Um, that. So what I'm quite interested in is, like, maybe if we can have an idea of, like, the before and after and kind of how you changed your mindset or what were those key pillars in terms of your mindset shifts and those habit shifts in your way of thinking because a lot of things thing that people don't realize is that thinking is a habit as well and you know um, indulging in particular beliefs and having certain thought patterns that's habitual too and so I'm quite interested in looking at what were those key mindset shifts that you made. Totally and it's interesting actually because your thoughts is a really interesting part of this because I, mm. I often actually, well, it's, it's a, there's kind of a mixed message there. I often say it out loud that you can't control your thoughts. And I think to some degree it is true, you, you can't. But I do think in changing your habits and just checking in with yourself and, and learning and being more aware of your thoughts, you can start to slowly um, filter them so that actually you're, you're, you, are, you are affecting directly what thoughts you have because you're only... Um, really engaging with the ones that actually support you mm. and the other strip away and that can actually so over time actually naturally your thought process is different and mm. that was the biggest thing that I did I learned to become more aware the, of, of the power of my thoughts and how limiting they could be to, to my behavior if if they were negative um, and how powerful they could be for me if they were positive and just checking in and, and meditation. I'm a meditation teacher as part of that experience as well because mm. it gets more connected to your thoughts. Um, so the whole, the biggest thing that I can say in terms of habits, you know, it starts with your thoughts. Um, there's that beautiful quote um, that I won't be able to recurgitate now, but it's something like, you know, be, be aware of your thoughts. They affect your words. Be aware of your words. They beha- affect your behavior. Or be aware of your behavior. It affects your destiny. It's something like that. It's much better than that, but it's roughly that. And it all starts with your thoughts. And if you let your mind and your thoughts run wild, then you know you're not in control of your destiny. But if you start getting your thoughts um, uh, on board and start steering them in a direction that supports you, your behavior will will, will react as a result, and you know your destiny changes. Mm, mm, so you are what you think. You are what you think. Whether you believe it or not, you're usually right. Mm, you know? mm. 
that that was massive for me because I think my 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 thought patterns were generally negative. Yeah. You know? Um, I was always, I was, I was very protect. I was the youngest child, and I think I was very protective as a child, protected as a child. So it was almost like, oh Ben, don't try and do that um, in case you fail. Mm. That that was kind of my mindset. Oh, I, I won't. Tr- and, and you know, now my mindset is, you've got to be in the arena. You know, try and fail. Mm. Um, the only way you're going to succeed is if you try. And if you're failing, it means you're trying. Mm, that's lovely so actually it's a kind of getting involved and putting yourself out there having the courage and the bravery to do that that's kind of a key piece totally absolutely yeah and exactly um you never you never want to sometimes you can read these quotes and it can be you know embrace failure and this kind of stuff and it's not as literal as that it's not yeah great I failed you know I've done really well I'm really but it is like well if you failed it means you've tried and, Mm. and the only way you succeed is, is if you try. So um, it's it's key. You've got it. You've failure is part of the process, mm. uh, and being brave enough to 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 be accepting that you may fail is is you know it's it's well starts with your mindset. Yeah, and so I wonder. You mentioned meditation. There was quite um, pivotal, um, mm. um, and and you know, was there any other things that along the way? Um, and maybe you want to speak to meditation in particular, but that kind of supported you in changing your mindset um, besides, you know, the coach, but any particular tools that you used? I did some personal development programs and mm. like weekend, weekend trips and um, and retreats, um, um, blogs, books. I'm, I'm not I'm not a huge book reader. Um, I need to really want to get better, but I tend to do audio books or podcasts or short blogs. Mm. Um but there's so much free information out there for you. Once you sort of get a little inkling of something, um, you know, the internet provides so much more for you if you're interested to dive into it. And my coach gave me a little opening and opened my eyes to it. And from mm. there, it was I immersed myself in personal development courses, podcasts, blogs, books, audio books, um, conversations, you know, conversations like this. You know, I meet people like you and get to have great conversations. And it's all educational mm. rather than rather than not, you know, rather than spending my time in a nightclub, you know, doing other things or whatever it is that you do. Um, uh, so I think, yeah, I just immersed myself in the space. I found mm. it fascinating. As I say, it's a game, it's psychology. It's, it's, it's getting the best of yourself out of mm. your, using your mind as a game. And I immersed myself in all these tools. Um, and I, I love, I love learning. I love yeah. learning about it. So having an open mind is is really, really key in terms of kind of, you know, immersing yourself, as you say, in all of this. Um, and I'm wondering, like, for people that are, you know, they're, 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 they've got some limiting beliefs and they feel potentially they've got a negative mindset about things and, and everything else, you know, how long did this process take for you? Um, it's, it's been seven years. Um, and every day I'm getting better mm. um, and it's been a sort of fairly constant upward trajectory really I'd say so it's slow mm. you know because it wasn't a day one here this stuff and day two you're you, you know you're, you're you're changed it's it's so ingrained in us at a deep subconscious level our natural behaviors you know that it does take time to 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 question our ways of thinking and our patterns and to learn what is better for us um I remember the first time when I worked with the coach and she told me that money wouldn't make me happy 
And I remember laughing at her, <laughs> thinking she was mad. You know, I really, you know, it's like some of the things I'm on board with, but actually I know that when I buy something, it makes me happy. Mm. You know, in that instance, you know, and it's taken seven years, it's taken seven years to, to get my head around the reasons why actually money won't make me happy and um, changing my mindset to that. And, and so it's, it is a slow progress and it's every day something for me to continually be working on and reading about and educating and talking about and learning and um, it's not a, 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 a click your fingers, read this today and tomorrow you're different. Mm, I think that's really important. And I think, you know, because in the media we're sold that like any habit, you know, you can have this overnight transformation and everything else. And people are right. led to believe like that's what happens. And if it doesn't happen mm. immediately for them, they think, oh, well, they, they're they a failure. You know, they're not, they're not successful. And I, I think it's really important that people understand that sometimes these processes can take a very very long time i totally agree I, I heard the analogy recently of someone said you know if you brush your teeth once uh it's, it's not going to get you very far you have to brush your teeth every single day for it to do any good mm. um i think they were comparing it to meditation actually mm. and it's a, but it's the same with all these things you know it's no good just doing something and expecting the next day to be to be changed you know this is a this is an attitude to adopt every single day and to immerse yourself deeper and deeper into it as you grow um, but we, we, we do seem to live in this world. I think with social media and everything else, it's all about instant gratification, isn't it? It's instant things that give us happiness now. And if, you know, we go to the gym and, and have one workout and we're not, you know, in our best bikini body or best gym body or whatever it is we're looking for the next day, it's kind of, oh, do I have the energy to do it again? Mm. And like all these things, you've got to repeatedly do it time and time again. And, over time, you might be able to look back and say it's been a year now. I'm I'm quite different. Mm. Um, but so it's it that repetition that is key, really, and the consistency. And I'm I'm, I'm thinking about on that note. Then, what are the kind of key habits that you keep, that daily habits or daily routines that you have that kind of keep you on track with this? Um, I, I mean, I, I love routine, and and it's really nice actually because. I used to think I was quite a routine person and, and I didn't really like it about myself because it, I thought it used to mean I wasn't spontaneous. Mm. And um, actually, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Actually, the more you, you know, you look at some of my, uh, the people that I aspire to be like and they all talk about routine and every day they'll be doing this, this routine and there is still room for spontaneity in it, but they have some things that they definitely get in and I like that. But for me, I wake up every morning and I start with a stretch and a meditation um, and some warm lemon water um and that's just a lovely way for me to start my day um it gets me it sort of sets me up i have a to-do list that i then look at and say right these are the things specifically that i need to achieve today um uh and then i tend to exercise pretty much every day i i, I tend to give myself kind of a free day that if i'm particularly busy or i just for whatever reason it doesn't happen then it doesn't that, i don't mind but generally i try and do some exercise every day um I have, I'm in the routine of, of eating natural foods. Um, I don't tend to eat anything processed, which is quite routine, I think. Um, I tend to go to bed at a very similar time in the evening, um, around sort of 11 o'clock. Um, I try and it's generally about 11 till 7, and I try and keep that rough routine. Mm. Um, what else do I do? Um, yeah, all those things, they're kind of core ingredients mm. for me. Exercise every day, meditation, stretch, eat healthily get to bed at a reasonable time 
Um, and I'm, I'm wondering, Ben, as well, because, you know, that's such a solid groundwork to have. Um, but when you feel like, you know, old habits are kind of creeping back in or old thoughts or anything around that, what, what's the coping mechanisms that you use to kind of manage that? Um, I think it's, to be honest, it's, things like meditation will mm. just allow me to check back in and reconnect with myself and sort of reestablish the path that works for me. Mm. Um, you know what what I try and do is is in life is be honest it's not only be honest with other people but be honest with myself and Mm. if I'm behaving in a way that doesn't serve me very well then I'll try and connect to that and 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 make the change and Mm. you know that's vital Um, uh, I listened to something recently they talked about you know so many of us if, we, if, we, if we're offered a service and it doesn't work, then we, we expect a refund. You know, we'll take the thing back. This doesn't work. This doesn't work or whatever. But we don't tend to do the same thing with ourselves. And we mm. let ourselves get away with murder. And we don't do things that we expect from ourselves. But we never check in to, to say, you know, that, that is, make the change. You know, you're not doing this right. That's not good enough. Mm. And then uh, can, I, can I ask this, like, practically then, if, you, if you're going to, Try it. So you, you notice that your habits are kind of getting out of line and maybe you're getting into more negative thinking or limiting beliefs. What What is the exact practice or do you have an example of a practice that people could do to sit with that and be more honest and be more accountable to themselves? Um, I don't know if I do have a set practice, to be honest. It's a daily, it's a daily attitude mm. for me. Mm. Um, I mean, without checking in, then I, you probably wouldn't, you know, you can live in blissful ignorance. Um, and so the check-in process, to be honest, is probably the, the, the key part. I think mm. so many of us, particularly in London, um, are charging around, you know, nine to five, or not even nine to five, eight or seven. Yeah. And um, then we get home and we have some food and we have a quick chat with our partner or watch a bit of TV and then we go to bed and we do the same the next day. And never are we actually stopping to say, hey, you know, am I... Am I, is this the way I want to live my life? You know, am I, I know I'm doing it every day on repeat, but is this actually how I really see my life going? Because pretty quickly you can find yourself a year, two years, three years, five years down the line mm. without checking in. So for me, it is that that's the key part. It's it's the relationship, it's honest relationship with yourself and mm. checking in to make sure that you're doing that. Mm. Um, so that's quite lovely. So each day kind of just kind of making sure that you're checking in with yourself and saying, how am I feeling about this right now? Is this in line with who I want to be as a person, who I am and my goals and what I want to achieve? Totally. Mm. And yeah, absolutely. And I noticed that if I don't have a day that I, where I'm perhaps not feeling proud of myself or I haven't necessarily done the things that I feel are achievable, then I, I do feel a bit of anxiety at the end of the day. I'm like, mm, mm. you didn't do yourself proud, really, there, Ben. And then, then it is, a, for me, then it's a case of accepting you know, a lack of perfection that, mm. that, that happens sometimes. You're going to have days like that. And, and and saying no problem, but just recognizing it and saying, okay, tomorrow is a new day and tomorrow I give my best again. Mm. You mm. know, I, I don't believe that it's in this check-in process. It's a case of checking in and going, well, that's a load of rubbish. What are you playing at? And, and hating on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, not constructive. No. Um, but it is a case of checking in and, and then having that honest relationship with yourself and, um and and doing what you know you can do and and being honest with yourself to do that to give it your best Mm, I love that and I like uh, you know so many of us are walking around kind of fooling ourselves into different things I even think about you know um 
like having a coffee. Do I need a coffee? No, I don't need a coffee. Coffee's a stimulant. No, it's not a stimulant. Like, you know, and that mm. whole personal battle of, you know, making excuses um, for yourself with various things. You know, that's a very trivial example. But, you know, mm. we do kind of try and fool ourselves into things. You know, we do things that are malaligned with who we want to be and where we want to be as a person. And like you say, you know, checking in and understanding um you know really what's valuable to you what your values are what what who you want to be as a person is so such an important piece in the in in, in of the kind of mindset puzzle um, and it's really really important that that word values i should have used that so many times before because that's that's the key the key mm. thing being in line with your values and to be in line with your values you've got to know what they are first yeah you know, a lot of people aren't i don't think necessarily are aware of what their values what's really important to them mm. um so become aware of what really matters to you and then try and align your behavior alongside those values. Um, mm. and, and you, yeah, sorry, Ben. I mean, we, we both discussed how we were going to interrupt each other <laughs> <laughs> did it. at some stage. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say, yeah. And, and I've actually, do you know what? I can't really remember what I was going to say, but I think I was going to say, make sure you check in to, to check that your behavior is aligned mm. to your, to your values. Yeah. Um, and if anyone's interested in, you know, how, you uh, work out what your values are I can you know if you email me so it's info at drheathermckee.co.uk I can send you a little values template um, and that can really um, help you define what those values are for you um, well, can I email you on that as well yeah <laughs> yes of course I'd love um, to see that <laughs> and I, I'm wondering actually on that note Ben do you have any good resources or information you recommend um, maybe that's helped you on your journey or you're finding particularly interesting um, around this um podcasts um I, I my favorite podcast is a guy called Aubrey Marcus mm-hmm. um who I, I he just totally relates I really relate with him and the message that he he puts out um Joe Rogan I think speaks a lot of interesting stuff um um but in terms of, of books, I love the books by Brené Brown, mm. stuff around vulnerability. Vulnerability is a hugely powerful tool, if you ask me, and more of us need to embrace it. Mm. And so there's I a fantastic, um, she's that amazing TED Talk yeah, exactly. on vulnerability, which I'll link up as well. Exactly. Yeah, she talks about the same quote, the man in the arena, which I touched on earlier. Mm. Uh, um, you've got to be in the arena. It's not that, that's, you know, try and fail. Um uh, so I, yeah, I'm a huge fan of her. I, I, I'm a massive fan of getting out and doing personal development courses as well. You know, mm. spending a weekend. Um, there's so many in London that you can do um, that can just shock you a little bit. You know, change doesn't happen overnight, but they can open your eyes. Like I had with my coach, you can go on one of these courses that can open your eyes a little, get you more connected to your values. Mm. Um, I think I, you know, I'd love to see your 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 values spreadsheet because I think that's that things like that reading that spending some time on reading things like that you know rather than just switching on the tv and for a couple of hours and then going to bed Mm. can Mm. be a really fun thing to do with your partner yeah no absolutely and actually it's so funny because my husband just texted me today and said these are the values I've been thinking because he's been working on his for a while because again it's not something that you immediately some people that you know they're very aligned and it comes to them immediately and he um, for him, you know, he had a few, but he wanted to work on them. And he texted me and was like, are these okay as values? <laughs> <laughs> um, which is, yeah, which is brilliant. And I, I just, yeah, I, I rang him. I couldn't get through, but I said, you know, this, this requires a discussion. <laughs> it's, it's not a thumbs up emoji. <laughs> it, 
exactly. kind of conversation. discussions. You know, they can, they, they, and they can open the doors to so many things, you mm. know, and it's a chance to get to know each other better. Yeah. At a, at a deep level. Mm, I love that, actually. That, yeah, and that's so important. So, um, yeah, I'll definitely make those values, uh, that values framework available to people. Um, ben, finally, one thing that you feel like you've learned from this journey that you think would help others with theirs, just as a kind of final key question. Um, I really like the, the, the philosophy of, of living in line with your integrity rather than your feelings. Mm. Um, and I, and I, it's important to be in touch with your feelings, but I think it's your integrity for me that is, is, it should come first and foremost. And I always give the example of, for me, how this applies for me is, you know, one evening I might say, right, I've got a really busy day tomorrow. Um, I'm not going to get a chance to train in the gym. And training is, is an important value for me. It mm. brings me so much. So I'm going to have to get up early in the morning and go to the gym. You know, and that's kind of, that's that's my word. That's my integrity. That's kind of what I'm setting my stall out to achieve. I feel it's mm. important and in line with my values. And then in the morning I wake up and it's all my alarm wakes me up early. And right then in that moment, my feelings are such that it's, well, it's not cold outside at the moment, but usually in London, it's cold outside. You know, it's dark. Your bed's really comfy. You've got the choice of relaxing in bed for an hour and doing whatever or getting up and working hard in the gym, you know, and getting out in the cold and the rain or whatever it is. And if I give way to my feelings in that moment, I stay in bed and, and you know, do not nothing for that hour. If I stay in touch and, and, and in line with my integrity, I know what's actually better for me and I get up and I do what, what I feel is right. And um that's a huge philosophy for me sometimes you have to go against how you feel for your for the good of your integrity mm, and also I think what's beautiful about that is feelings are temporary whereas your integrity is that long-lasting underlying belief or a system that you have you know and you know your feelings can change based on the weather your mood how hungry you are you know all of these factors but yet we're so responsive to our feelings rather than actually what you know, as you go back to our values again, you know, the way that we wish to live our lives. Exactly. That's what I should have said. Mm. I didn't. No, no, no. You said it in such a more beautiful way. So, um, Ben, how can people find out about you? How can they um, get in touch and read your amazing blog and everything else? Um, oh, that's very kind. Um, and generally, it's Instagram first for me. My blog mm-hmm. is very visual, um, and so Instagram is a great tool for me. And, and um, so it's at the Naked Professor on Instagram. I do have a website as well where I share my, some of my blogs. Um, but yeah, it's Instagram first. Okay, so at the Naked Professor, and I'll link that up as well. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, at the Naked Professor, if you're prepared for some um, for for a unique way of expressing mental health. Mm. And I, I think what you're doing, Ben, is so special. And it really is, you know, starting this really important conversation in terms of, you know, a lot of things that um, the conversation that people aren't having and bringing that to the forefront and, um, you know, discussing it so openly and so honestly um, in the way that you do you have, you know, it's, it's just going to help a whole load of people really kind of access that and really understand more about themselves. So thank you for your work. Oh, thank you. No, that's really kind of you to say. It means a lot. Thank you very much. Oh, and thank you for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Again, thank you for having me. It's my yeah. pleasure. Okay, well, we'll chat soon. Brilliant. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Ben. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of the Bite Size Habits podcast. If you want to learn more about the key factors that drive your habits, pop on over to drheathermckee.co.uk. Thanks for listening. And I look forward to having you back soon 
for another episode of the Bite Size Habits podcast.